This is the Saturday Morning Serial Podcast with your host, Amanda Ann. Hello, everyone, and welcome to my season two premiere episode of Saturday Morning Serial. I'm Amanda Ann, and I'm so excited to be back, and I hope you guys are all having a great summer so far. This fall and early winter, there are a lot of anticipated films coming out, and I am so excited for all of them. Uh, I just really hope that a lot of these won't get delayed. I know there's some movies going on in the film industry right now that have been delayed due to the Delta variant with the pandemic. So I'm hoping, especially the Marvel ones, that they don't get delayed due to the pandemic. So we'll see. Hopefully... It's all good to go still. And I know this weekend we're going to sit down and we're actually going to watch the new Suicide Squad, which will be the topic of next week's episode, so you don't want to miss that out. Very excited to watch that. And this week's episode, I'm going to kick off the season talking about all things The Handmaid's Tale. Blessed be the fruit, may the Lord open, grab a drink, sit down, and I'm going to get started. So I was actually recommended this show by my good friend Michelle and it was described to me as kind of like a weird graphic um, but hard to turn away from series and when you tell me something like that I immediately get like drawn to it weirdly because I mean I'm like a horror movie buff, true crime, all that kind of stuff so I can stomach pretty good when it comes to like heavy themes and all that kind of stuff so this was right up my alley and I decided to check it out and honestly as hard as this show was the story wise I enjoyed having a like a good story about kind of like a what if situation like what if the government did this in the future in the United States however though this show is one of a kind and the story is just so original it left me binging episode after episode despite being horrified at the plot of some of the seasons the actions and etc on the screen I mean there were just some parts that were just like so shocking to me right off the bat there is also touches of emotions like mental health is a big one as you can probably guess in the show you know, depression, suicide, you know, all that stuff. And it touches home. It really does to the audience. Especially, too, with talks of, like, abortion and just losing your child. So the themes in this show are extremely heavy. So I highly recommend that, you know, unfortunately, if you are triggered by that, you know, stay away from the show. It would be best. The Handmaid's Tale is currently streaming on Hulu and has four seasons, with a fifth season actually currently in the works. I think that's supposed to come out around December. I can't wait, so I guess we'll see on that. And the fourth season came out actually this past spring, so it's still pretty current. It stars Elizabeth Moss as main character June Osborne and Yvonne Stravowski, and I'm, I hope I'm saying that right, I'm sorry. I'm not good with names. But she plays Serena Joy and Joseph Fiennes as Fred Waterfred. And those guys, they're, they're both married. Their characters are married. They're the wealthy, rich couple that kind of run the place. And, and this show actually now has one of my top favorite villains. And that's Aunt Lydia, played by Anne Dowd. 
Just to name a few of these actors and their characters, I mean, there was a lot of cast and characters. And what was interesting to me is each character actually had their own kind of backstory to them. And we see a lot of them throughout each season. And I really enjoyed everyone's story. And what was interesting about this show is, yeah, June is the main character. She was actually married, has a daughter, Hannah, which is pretty much the premise of this whole entire show is June just surviving to rescue Hannah, basically. But she is accompanied by her sister handmaids and each of them have their own unique personality and they bring their own story to the show. And I really liked seeing the backstory, especially I really liked Emily. She was a great character. I was rooting for her in the end and yeah in season four she has a very interesting role as well. I don't really want to try to spoil this for you guys too much because this is a good show and honestly I, I don't really mind spoilers that much in general but I really wanted to be surprised in the show. I did not google ahead of time. I didn't do any of that until after I was done watching it. And just really, one of the good things about this show is the representation in it of race, class, and sexuality. Like, the LGBT community is very much represented in this show, and it's great. I mean, there's just the characters that are in that community, they're represented so well, especially by the actresses that are that play them. So, to me, if I can describe this show, it would be basically... What would happen if the American government got overthrown and implemented a new way of life with class being defined in a number of ways, such as the wealthy being in charge? All like the wealthy guys, they were known as commanders, their wives. And then they had the ants, which was Aunt Lydia. And they're basically in charge of the handmaids and how things are kind of run. You also have a Martha, which is kind of like a housekeeper and cook. And then you have the handmaids, which is what June and the other girls are. And this all centers around fertility rates, how fertility rates started to drop in the United States. And Everything is basically in the name of the Lord, in the name of God, and children and fertility are the main focus of the show. And basically, the handmaids are forced to bear children. So with that being said, they are forced to sleep with the commanders when their wives are watching because it's kind of in their eyes that's how they can have a baby. They basically use the handmaid and the handmaid gets pregnant. She hands her baby off to the couple, which is horrifying. Like I can't even imagine having to ever do that to your child, like saying goodbye and like right off the bat, this show in season one, like episode two, I was like, what is happening? (laughs) Cause I mean, it's just, it's unfathomable. What, these characters go through but I guess in the end that's what makes this show work it leaves everybody suspenseful and you just want to know more you want to see these handmaids prosper and try to overcome all this overthrow whatever government is trying to hold them down and for me June is the leader of the pack she is fantastic Elizabeth Moss plays her so 
well. And I can't even speak highly enough about all the acting in this whole entire show. Every single actor brought something to their characters. And I just, I don't, I, I can't, I don't have anything to say about any of them. Just as a side note, speaking of children, it is summertime. So if you hear children screaming outside, they're just playing. It's really nice out. So rare when we get a nice evening here in Chicago. <laughs> but once again, as I was saying, a lot of this is I feel like just in the name of the Bible, like there's a lot of Bible quotes and the people of Gilead, which is basically what the government renamed like parts of the United States. See, they really don't dig into that. So that's where I'm a little confused. I've been trying to like research June and her husband and Hannah used to live in Boston and like Washington DC's talked about, New York City's talked about. So I'm like wondering if Gilead is pretty much like the East Coast and the goal for everybody that has been taken siege under this so-called Gilead government is to get to Canada to safety because Canada does not believe in anything that is happening in the United States at this point or Gilead now as it's called. So getting to Canada, that's the end game. And Canadian government is ready to take in whoever can escape because like I said, they do not they do not agree on what's going on. So basically their greetings in Gilead is you say, blessed be the fruit, may the Lord open. That's like the greeting response. And then when something joyful happens, you say, praise be. And it's so funny because the Canadians just like mock when they, when they hear someone say that. So... And that's just kind of like a thing now. You just like walk up to someone and you say, blessed be the fruit, because this show is just so popular and a lot of people are fans of it. And I can see why. I mean, overall, the characters are, like I said, the characters are great. The story is fantastic. And it's just, it's, it's one of those things where you just feel like it can't get much worse, but it does. The show starts out with June and her husband escaping with Hannah through a forest trying to get to Canada and they are caught. Well, actually the husband, his name is Luke. He gets away, but Hannah and June are sadly caught. Hannah is taken away from June and June is made into a handmaid. There's a lot of back and forth with the present and the past. It switches back and forth like June remembering a memory of times with Hannah and Luke and just past events leading up to the current event that June is currently in that she thinks about. So it is a little hard at first to follow. I felt like, I mean, I think I know like the first couple episodes, I, I knew what was happening, but at first I was like, okay, she was there, but now she's here. How did she get to this part? when she was okay over here, but it was just her remembering things, recalling past events. And in the end, like I said, it all comes down to her wanting to escape Gilead with Hannah to Canada. And with the whole back and forth thing, yeah, it worked, right? But like I said, at first I was a little confused. And when I'm sitting here thinking about it, I really think that even too, they could have just like started the series before the capture, before the whole United States turning into Gilead, this whole realm thing. So I don't know. What do you guys think? <laughs> I just, I think that would have worked a little better. That's just my opinion instead of all the back and forth. But 
it still worked. Like I said, it worked with the plot and we learned a lot about all the characters with their backstories. So in the end, it did work. And right off the bat too, they talk about explicable things like sexuality and I know June and Luke were caught. Luke used to be married before June, so they were caught in something like adultery and they were out for capture with Gilead. So that's what like, quote unquote, their crime was. So things like that are like horribly looked down on. And they use tactics of torture and they use just unspeakable methods of punishment for people that fall out of line of the Gilead way, which is basically the Bible. So it's just one story. It's just like a story that you're just like, what is like, how can this happen? How in the world can this just let someone let do this? Like, it's crazy. And in the end, I mean, you just like I said, you just want these characters. You just want them to overcome this. You want them to prosper. But going back to June, June is like the leader of the pack. She is one smart cookie and she knows how to carry her own, which is what I love about this character and how she never loses the faith. Like she's got her eyes set on one thing and that is rescuing Hannah, but she also helps her other handmaids. And I think it's like this form of sisterhood that in an obscene circumstance that they can form and they can rely on each other. And I mean, they even have like their own communication to communicate back and forth with, which I think is pretty good. And in the end, friendship and just sticking up for each other is what prospers. And season four is actually a really nice change of pace because I found like season three especially kind of moved a little slow. But overall, like I just kept watching episode after episode after episode. Also, another supporting character I really liked, uh, her name is Janine. And we see her coming in like really hot and Aunt Lydia, unfortunately, punishes her right off the bat and takes her eye out and just kind of permanently scars her for life right as she's caught as a handmaid. And Janine especially has an interesting character arc because she goes from being like somebody who, you know, had it rough in the past to you, you don't think things can get much worse for her, but they do. And in the end, I think Janine's like one of my favorites because she just keeps the faith somehow. And I'm rooting for her for season five. I really am. So like I said, Janine is another character just to keep an eye on throughout the series and just pay attention to because she's really great. Emotion is like a big thing in this series. We see conflicted emotions, especially in Serena with June. And you can tell like Serena, who is responsible for pretty much this whole Gilead thing with her husband, Fred, June begs and pleads with Serena to take her to Hannah. And you can see Serena kind of falter, but she doesn't uh, let June at all interact with her daughter, which June, she has her digs in Serena throughout this whole series. And these two characters are very interesting in their relationship because you think that they're going to be on each other's sides, like women supporting women, but Serena is just one big backstabbing person right after. Like she just keeps backstabbing just when you think you can trust her. And I think June eventually catches on with her, but June's like a softie with Serena in a way too, because like June has a heart, 
Where Serena doesn't. Serena's just out for her. She's selfish. And June recognizes that. In the end, I will be curious to see what happens to Serena in season five. Because, and I'm not going to spoil it, but season four ended very interestingly, to say the least. So if you've watched it, you know what I'm talking about. But like I said, major girl power in the show. Major women supporting women. Except for this whole Serena. Serena, like I said, is just like a woman of her own. She's just, I don't even know. I don't like her. (laughs) I mean, she's a great character, but you know, very, you know, you're meant to not like her. So, but all like the handmaids and all of June's friends. Oh, and we have to talk about Myra, who is June's best friend. And Myra is just, she's a person that you want behind your back. And she is a great character as well and she helps June she helps Luke out and she's just overall a very she's LGBTQ as well so she is a very well represented character just for that community as well and she's the definition of just like a strong powerful lesbian character and she holds her own too and that's what's just like all these handmaids there are they all have like really deep backstories they're smart they don't deserve what (laughs) what's happening to them so in the end i mean they're gonna hopefully what goes around comes around for gilead so i guess we'll see in season five fred waterfred who is serena's husband is very uncomfortable (laughs) to say the least as a character he's like very calm but he is very malicious like he is evil as you can get and he is just it's the way he just talks to people how he seems like he's just a calm reassuring man but he's a monster and it's he's the power behind Gilead and again what goes around comes around for him but it's interesting because he takes a liking to June and June uses that to her advantage so you know and once again Props to, you know, Elizabeth Moss, her character June, as just being strong and being able to just really read people. And she takes advantage of when Fred is vulnerable. Now we're going to talk about the side piece, as I call him, Nick, played by Max Mingala. And he's actually one of my favorite characters. He's very sweet. He's kind of like a butler or like a driver for the Waterfreds. And I'm trying not to spoil it, but... Him and June do start an affair because he's just kind of a person June can turn towards for comfort and as much as she can during, you know, this dark time of hers. And yeah, he's a very sweet guy. But again, they're stuck in a pickle, them two. And it's really sad because I really, because despite June being married to Luke, at this time she doesn't know when or if she'll ever see him again. So, you know, it's like she said, I have these feelings for Nick. Why, you know, I just need to find a shred of happiness in this dark time. So Nick is not like the other men of Gilead. And he's just very soft. He's very gentle. And unfortunately, the two of them have a circumstance where they cannot control what happens to them. And it leads to like kind of a very heartbreaking storyline for them too as well. And in season four, there is a part where I actually shed a few tears between the two. So once again, you guys will have to watch. I'm not going to spoil it. And yeah, (laughs) but the 
last character I want to talk about is Aunt Lydia. She is that, like, grandmother of the handmaids that she seems very sweet and supportive of them, but she has a flipping yardstick hidden underneath her desk ready to spank your ass. It's just, she is crazy. She is mean. She is relentless. But she is a great villain, and Anne Dowd plays her so well. I Like I said, she's probably one of my favorite villains in a TV show. So, yeah, props to her. And I'm really excited to see in season five again what Aunt Lydia's up to. And, you know, she there's some surprising things with Aunt Lydia in this series where you think she's gone, but she's not. You know, she's a strong one. She's a fighter. <laughs> And all the other ants respect her and, you know, she's in charge. Even the Waterfreds kind of cower in her presence. So <laughs> she's just so great. But just to kind of conclude and break down, you know, season one, it just kind of introduces the story. It introduces the characters. It kind of just moves the plot to where it needs to be for season two. Season two is just a continuation of season one. And there's some twists, there's some turns, there's some shocking elements to season two and season three is where things start to kind of hit the fan but like I said it was kind of a slow moving season for me in my opinion but it was a necessary one and it's like I said filler episodes they're not unnecessary they have to be there for the story to keep moving so but season three just as great it was packed with adventure and just June being a complete badass. But season four was probably my favorite because it just had like a different feeling to it. Everything just kind of comes to light in season four. So what happens in season four probably will be carried over into season five. And I really hope some things get resolved and or explained in season five. So I will be excited to see that as well. So yeah, season five will be, it'll be a trip. That's for sure. One thing that I wish happened in this series a little more was more like locations where it was pretty much primarily focused on just like a few set locations. And like I said at the beginning, a little earlier on, it was really hard for like to know if Gilead is like the whole United States because like I said, they go from Boston to Canada pretty much. That's like the main focus area. So I would have liked to have seen just a little more. And I know we do see them in later episodes like them traveling to Washington, D.C. And I, I just wish though there was a little bit more just outside of like the Waterford's home and outside of that little town in Gilead. So, but like I said, you know, they did. I think they did with what they could and it worked. And just one more thing also was kind of the sound. I don't know about anyone else, but I had a hard time understanding a little bit. I don't know if it was like my TV, but I really had to crank up the volume to listen to the characters. There's a lot of like whispering and just really low talking on it. So I don't know. That could have been just me, but who knows? The sound quality might not have been a little up to speed but who knows that was just my opinion on that but overall after throwing that disclaimer out about some of the heavy theming of this show i really do recommend this show to anybody who is just looking for just something to be drawn into on television right now especially if you can handle the heavy theming and it's just a really good show with like i said the characters are great the story is amazing the plot is just 
keeps on making you want more. I mean, I would just keep watching the episodes and then I'd look up and it was like 11 o'clock at night. So yeah, it's on Hulu and make sure you tune in on that. And let me know if you've seen this show. I really want to discuss this with more people. I, I know just a handful of people who've seen this and I know it's a popular show. So don't be shy. <laughs> And that's pretty much just my little synopsis of the show. I, like I said, I don't want to sit here and just like recap every single episode and spoil it for everybody because I know not everyone has seen it or they're in the middle of watching it. I know this show pretty much during quarantine was like a big deal. And I mean, I just learned about it like probably in May. So I know a lot of people are like, oh, I want to watch that show, but they haven't or they're in the middle of watching it. So just letting everyone watch it, form their own opinions. But I'm just here to tell you it's a good show. So yeah. <laughs> But that'll do it for this episode, and I appreciate you tuning in. And next week, like I said, we are going to review Suicide Squad, which is right now in theaters and streaming on HBO Max. So me and my guests are going to talk about all things Suicide Squad. I hope we like it. I hope you like it. I guess we'll see. We'll talk about it next week, right? <laughs> well, you guys have a good one, and I will talk to you later.